0: So this week on the podcast, I have back on my buddy, Dan Heverin. Uh, so Dan's a good friend of mine and we go on a bunch of hunts together throughout the year and we had just returned from this Arizona coos deer hunt. Um, gosh, we just had a, a great adventure down there, 10 days in the desert and, uh, just immersed ourselves in in bow hunting that place and finding coos deer and Havelina and so we talk about some of the successes we had and failures and um just some some ways we can improve and things we learned on and uh or things we learned from and just a a really fun light-hearted podcast we rib each other here and there throughout it which is always good um, Kyle Richards another buddy of ours uh, sits in on the podcast uh, you may remember him from the previous episode like a few ago uh, more than one way to harvest a trophy with Kyle Richards so uh, he absolutely adds to the podcast having another personality on there that, that's also uh, one of our friends and, and uh, he's got good insight into, into bow hunting and so fun to have him on as well um, I really enjoyed it fun episode uh, I think you guys will too Um, so our sponsor for today's show is a new one at Sig Sauer. Um, so Sig Sauer, you may know them from building high quality pistols and rifles. Um, but they also do optics. Um, so I'm yet to get these optics in my hand, but I've been looking at them and reading about them, reading reviews on them, and I'm really excited to get them in my hand. So they, they run, um, different bino setups. They have a 10 by 42, um, they, they run an 8 power and then they've got an 11 by 45 and a 9 by 45. Um, so pretty cool I can't wait to get these in my hands I'm sure they'll be high quality and then also they build like a a, a mini spotting scope um, so I've really been interested in this the last couple of years is finding a, a smaller spotting scope that I can kind of pack with me. Um, I think they've got the ticket uh, so they've got a little 10 by 20 power 30 millimeter objective lens on it. Uh, it's got some sort of image stabilization in it. Um, I can't wait to get this in my hands and see how it operates. So uh, they're coming. I'll let you guys know what I think when I get them. Um, the thing I do know about Sig Sauer is their rangefinders, and their rangefinders are absolutely top of the heap. Uh, Rangefinding is such a, a major piece to the puzzle when bow hunting or rifle hunting. And for the rifle hunter, these things are just incredible. They'll they'll range out to two miles. They've they've got a, a, a free app that'll synchronize with... Your rangefinder that'll do different different ballistic profiles. Um, it'll do you know it it basically figures out where to hold or how many clicks or you know it, it does more things than I can even talk about. It does aer- aerodynamic jump, spin drift, Coriolis effect. I know I I know I've heard of that right? It's the spin of the earth. Um, it, it just does temperature, pressure, humidity. Um, it's got a an adapter for it that'll do wind and wind speed. And, and this can all be calibrated through your smartphone. So just a, an amazing system they have for rifle hunters, um, for us bow hunters. So we benefit from a lot of the same things. They, they also have... Um, let me get this right. They call it uh, angle modified range. So it'll do the cuts for you for uphill and downhill. The, the other thing is, is with a, with a laser like that, with a powerful laser that'll do up to two miles, you also get a powerful laser in your bow finding range, your bow hunting range finder. So what that means is, is it'll shoot through grass. Um, it's also got a a first target last target setting on their rangefinder so the last target will shoot through brush where the first target picks up the first thing that you see Um, it's just such a great tool to have and and um, and SIG is just top of the heap, so uh, I'm really excited to use this rangefinder next year. Uh, I know they make one of the best ones out there, so uh, excited to get it in, in into my hands, and excited to have Six Sour on as a sponsor for Eastman's Elevated. So thanks to those guys for for sponsoring the podcast, and uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing from me soon on on some more of their products. Um. Over there at Eastman's, um, boy, those guys have been working hard on the podcast, which has been great. They've been lining up some um, next level guests for me, which is super, like I always like these ones with my buddies. Um, I like going reviewing hunts. I like doing the solo ones. And then I, I like meeting new guys. Uh, I like meeting new guys that are absolutely killers out on our public lands and, and just comparing notes with them. So got a couple good ones recorded and, and uh, more good ones coming up. So uh, we just got a, a lot of fun things for the future Eastman's Elevated and for the future of Eastman's. Again, I keep seeing these specials for the subscription. Right now, we're in the the heart of application season. That MRS section is just, it's written gold. Like, um, I I use it all the time for judging units and points, and it's just, uh, it has all the information all condensed down to easy to read charts and they have it broke down for each and every species and so it really gives you a feeling for each state and units and which ones are the top units and then also helps you for picking sleeper units you know they um they'll tell you which units are good for rifle and bow and 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 through this you can kind of gather more information and figure out where you want to apply for so um Just a a great benefit of being a subscriber to Eastman's Hunting Journal. And then there's a a ton of great articles in there from subscribers and then um, also from our pro staff. So um, really good stuff in there, guys. Uh, Make sure to take advantage of that. And um, with that, let's get this thing rolling. Um, So uh, me and Dan Heverin, Kyle Richard sitting in, uh, Arizona Coos deer hunt. Um, Yeah, uh, fun episode. You guys will enjoy it. Here we go. Okay, I'm here live. I'm sitting down with my buddy Dan Heverin and uh, Kyle Richards is sitting in on the conversation. So We, we just got back from Arizona. Um, man, what a wild trip, huh? Yeah, heck
1: yeah. To start out the 2018 on day one of 2018, we get to put on, what, 22, 23 hours one way to go to go on a hunt? Oh, man, is that a <laughs> long drive, huh?
0: <laughs> that was a long ways, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Good way to start out the year. It went by quick. I It did. Traveling on the road, I just got to keep moving and I got to get yep. there especially when you're excited to hunt yeah. so we cruised the miles pretty quick we drove yeah. how, how long did we drive that first night I mean what time I see I woke you up in the morning <laughs> 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 oh, oh, was I sleeping in <laughs> yeah yeah show up at your house Oh, that's right oh I forgot all about that yeah so you were supposed to meet at my house uh January 1st and we were gonna take off yeah and um uh, about eight o'clock or so, I was just sleeping. I was so lazy in my bed, didn't set my alarm or anything. And I figured, well, Dan will at least be late morning. Cause yeah. you got two and a half hours to drive, well, you got up at daybreak, got down, walked in my house, and nobody was up. Yeah,
1: nobody. I'm sitting there like, wow, <laughs> I know that all the vehicles are here. I walked to your guys' garage. I'm like, hey, wake up. And all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of awake. I'm like, oh, perfect start. Here yeah, we my, go. my
0: wife looks at me and goes, busted. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, so busted, sleeping in. But, yeah, so you met me at my house, and then we took off, did the drive.
1: But we made it all the way, I believe we made it past Flagstaff. I think you're right. Which – if I remember right is close to 19 hours. Mhm. The first day.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's we it. went for it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what time we finally pulled over. I know it was after midnight for sure.
0: Yeah. No, it was it was late. I think. Remember, I, I just couldn't do anymore. We yeah. just had to pull off and sleep. But we had that um that topper setup, is killer yeah. isn't
1: it? Yeah, back of the truck. Yeah, just pull out your coolers and your gear, and just roll out your your air mattress, and you're good to go. I mean Are, you got cover. Doesn't matter if it rains or snows. You can just close it on up, and it's all good. Just worry about your coolers underneath your truck. But I mean, you're right there on top of them, so
0: that's have, a big deal. I have always wanted that setup. I've yeah. slept in the back of the truck and ran the tonneau cover before, and we've ran some different systems. But to finally have the topper, I mean, you fight it a little bit getting in and out. Yeah out of the truck and into (laughs) the cooler and that is a little bit of a fight but um to throw all your stuff out and be sleeping within five minutes or at least you know horizontal within five minutes is pretty killer
1: yeah no it works out great super quick easy to pack up throw your shit in and you're ready to go i mean it's really fast it's Mm -hmm. really nice so yeah
2: I'm it keeps everything really dry
0: super dry
1: dry is good and
0: you can lock it up too which is nice yeah. yeah. When you go in to eat somewhere or you go in to grab something, you know, you can lock it up yep. so you're not swiping your stuff. I had this huge chain and lock in the <laughs> back for my cooler, you know, before I had the topper, but nice to be able to lock things up and nice to have a place to sleep.
1: Yep. No, it worked out good. Yeah. It was a, it was a great, great trip going down there. We got to stop at the, um, see they don't call it uh, fish and game down there. They call it game and fish. That's right. And it just kind of drove me nuts all the way down there. We're going to stop at game and fish and, uh, got to take some pictures of there, uh, right outside of Phoenix. Um, they got this big old, I don't even know what you call it, just gave them a fish office, big trophies in there, um, You know some of the stuff that people have, kind of, I think, poached over the years that they have mounted up in there, <laughs> and holy cow, is there some trophies in that place. That was pretty cool, pretty cool to see velvet bowls that were well over 400 inches. I mean, it was pretty cool.
0: That's right. The story on that bowl is that a guy had the governor tag and shot it too close to a house and got it confiscated. Yeah,
1: And that thing was huge. Yeah. Giant
0: bowl.
2: Yeah, Dan, Dan sent me a picture of it, and I show my buddies, and they're like, I don't know what that is. Well, that's that's substantial. That is a substantial elk right there. <laughs> it <laughs> looks yeah. like a different species, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Elk with a giant drop tine off the one side. <sighs> that thing was wild. And then that antelope in there didn't oh, even look real. Yeah, it looks fake. Yeah, it's just so big. What huh. did that go? 94,
1: I want to say. I might be off on that, 93 90, or something like that. It was. It was I thought low, it was 91, so yeah, it's somewhere in low, there. Low 90s, Giant. I
0: thought.
1: Yeah, 90-inch yeah, antelope. I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, yeah, what a what a wild trip. Make the drive down there. And then, um, you know, I, I kind of know what to expect because I've been down there before, but it just seems like every year every hunt is totally different. And so we got down there and uh, started hunting right away and started hitting a few of my hot spots I was just dying to get to. Um, but we didn't pick up many bucks. It was just all does and not much rutting action.
1: See, I was really excited about, I'm going to backtrack just for a second. What I was excited about when I left on the first, I left my house around five, five thirty in the morning and I drove about two, three miles down the road and it was 22 below zero. Well, within 24 hours later, it was 75 to 78 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> How nice was that? That is a huge change mm-hmm. in weather for a guy. Mm-hmm. Huge. And that's why that, that's why that hunt's so fun is to get oh, out of the cold man. and get down there in the warmth. Yeah. I was running around a t-shirt, t-shirt and tennis shoes. And it was just like back to hunt. And it just felt like you're back in early September or, or late August, just going for it. It mm-hmm. was, it was awesome. Great feeling. And the country down there, like I said, even, I know we weren't seeing very many bucks off the bat. We weren't. Um, but we were still seeing numbers. We we're seeing some does where we were, we were f- feeling it out. Um, a lot of javelina sign pretty much everywhere we went, we saw sign, um, but the landscape down there, just I was happy just checking out the landscape. I mean, I was like, what is this, Brian? What do you call this thing? I mean, we ran into every kind of cactus you can think of down there and critters and all sorts of stuff. I mean, um, all the way down to jackrabbits with no hair on them with giant ears bouncing around. It was pretty cool. There were some fun things to look at. So, yeah, I mean, hunting was slow um, right off the start it, it was, but... Uh, It doesn't matter, you know, the weather alone and the landscape, and we were putting on some good miles, some really good vantage points, and we were having fun. It was a great,
0: great start. Yeah, we were tackling it right, and like you say, it's just a whole different ecosystem. It's – the vegetation is all different. It's like like no place you've ever hunted. You really feel like you're on an adventure hunt. You feel like you're someplace different, which on planet Earth, you know, but – Um, Yeah, it's pretty cool, all the, you know, and learning all the names of everything, the Mm -hmm. Ocotillo and uh, Barrel Cactus. Cudamundae. Yeah, Cudamundae. They're like a, I I don't, I think they're related to a raccoon, but they look like a monkey. They've got just a a two foot tail that sits up that, uh, and they run in packs too. Huge packs. That
1: last pack we saw, I I was pushing 40 plus. Mm -hmm.
0: And I guess they'll kill dogs, uh, mountain lion dogs. Yep. Um, mountain lions, they send them on a chase and they run into a pack of those Cudamante and those big males will mess up those dogs and even kill them. So I guess they're pretty vicious.
1: They are. Yeah. They, I, I mean, they're just little, little things just running around all over the place and they're pretty dark in color. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're all black, but they're I think they're a little bit of different colors and stuff in them. But, yeah, it's just kind of wild. They just start filtering out. Definitely in the evenings, we just saw them coming out of bushes and trees and just filtering out just one after another. And it's just like, holy cow, they're still coming. It was just – it was wild. Like I said, I mean, there, that last bunch we saw, there, there was 40-plus in there. It was mm-hmm. crazy
0: and the vantage points are pretty wild too they like are. the country just lays out and you get on this master vantage point and you almost see more country than you can glass it's overwhelming yep. how much country you can see how much of it is is sparsely open that you can glass so you sit down with your binos and, and start picking that country apart and it'll take you 10 minutes to make a sweep through the country that you can look at
1: yeah and that's just it you want it, you want to sweep at first you're hunting with a guy there's a lot of c- kind of a competition we kind of always run like oh, i want to you I were wanna, in a competition kind of i wanted i to i wanted to <laughs> (laughs) I wanted to glass the first first buck or, you know, I was like, just desperate to find the first buck. So I'm glassing hard. So, you know, up in Montana or wherever else we hunt in Wyoming, Colorado, wherever, you you know, you, you take your binos and you can just kind of sweep the landscape and just see, see one standing out in the open, you know. No, no big deal. You know, try to find the first one and, and then take your time. Go back over it. Once you did your little fast little sweep over the landscape, go back and start dialing in, looking at the hard places and really taking your time and glass and stuff. Well, I learned my lesson down there, and I'm very thankful that you told me to, to stop and pick up a, um, that, uh, that adapter for my binocular so I can go um, binos on the tripod mm-hmm. is a complete must-have. It's a game changer, it is a game isn't it? Changer. Yeah. Do yeah. you glass that way
2: too, Kyle? Yeah. Oh wow. I almost I almost don't use a spotting scope. Okay. I and mean, it's a little bit different here than down there, mm-hmm. and and the, the land that we use is is different here than than Arizona. But I'm almost solely binoculars and tripod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, it's so much crisper and steady, I and mean, and you don't have to you don't have to pack around a four or five pound tr- uh, spotting scope. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's a big deal. I yeah, mean, that's, when you're that's, trying to go light, that's the yeah. weight of my pack. Mm-hmm. So. And I can get away with it elk hunting because
0: I can tell what they are mule deer hunting I feel like I need that scope but I'm with you I use my binos almost exclusively and then my scope to judge or sometimes I'm, I'm glassing distant terrain with it but out there oh boy the more magnification the better and you always got to have your 10 by 42s to look close but I'd love to have a pair of 15s down yep. there or a pair of big eyes, the pair two spotting <laughs> scopes put together or the koas or, yep.
2: um, you know, something like that because you're just looking over so much terrain. And yeah, so you it, guys are so much different than I do, like because you guys do these high country mule deer hunts, and I, I have never done one. So I'm, I'm looking at elk, and I can see everything I need to see on, mm-hmm. on binoculars. So mm-hmm. I don't have to carry a spot scope. Yeah, exactly,
1: just totally different, yeah. Um, and down there, I don't, I'm not really too worried about the weight. You know, we're we're, we're hunting out of the truck. And you were camping at the truck where they're inside the back. We slept in the back of the truck every single night, which worked out just fine. So yeah, we're going on some decent hikes, but you got to think about, um, no matter what, you're always going to come back to the truck, get water, get food, um, you know, at the end of the day. So I don't mind having that extra weight on me for those day trips. It don't bother me at all. And it's, definitely worth having that scope you know when the sun comes up um, a little bit later in the day um after glass and kind of slows down you need that spotting scope to pick the landscape apart you got it you need something to zoom in to pick out the shaded areas and it yeah it worked out great for us i mean the scope we both ran scopes we both ran binos obviously and and it worked it worked it worked out um Pair of big eyes is what I'm thinking. I'm actually in the process of building a plate already, so I'm gonna, I'm really going to consider a pair of big eyes.
0: Yeah, we'll throw our scopes together, and yep. then it'll be two scopes and get the same magnification and yep. get them to fit our eyes. But, yeah, that looks like the setup. I want to get a pair of 15s for next year. But the 10 by 42s and ultra-crisp glass, you know, you you can pick those things out. Um and especially on a tripod. I'm going to use a tripod way more often for glassing. For, for mule deer, uh, it just makes such a difference. It just steadies up, your, steadies up your field of view, whatever you're looking at, and lets you kind of pick it apart with your eyes. It, and with coos deer, I don't think you could do it any other way.
1: I don't think so either. Another thing that I like about it is how many hours out of the day do we glass? most of them (laughs) and so (laughs) every one of them (laughs) my eyes actually um it made a huge difference i i I run a really really nice pair of binoculars super crisp super clear um really high-end pair um but running running those on the bipod or the tripod, my eyes never got tired. I, I felt good. I mean, I never got any headaches whatsoever, and it's it's easier on your eyes when you don't have that that little bit of vibration in your hands. Like, cause I usually run sitting on my butt and my elbows on my knees, and I'm just glassing that way. You know, steady your steady yourself up as best as you can. Um, but running the tripod, I mean, it was even ten times better. Never got tired. I'm able to. Um, sit a little bit more comfortably. I can, my back can be straight. My neck can be straight. I mean, I think you just do so many more hours behind the glass with the tripod. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was huge
2: difference. You have all that tension and and trying to hold your shoulders steady and and on your knees. And how did you guys fight heat waves?
1: It wasn't that bad.
2: Yeah. It wasn't that bad.
0: Only middle of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah and mornings
0: was, and evenings were pretty crisp.
1: Because it, it, there's not a – I think you get the heat waves when you get a really um, – a big difference in, in temperature from, like, morning to uh, late late morning. When you get that really quick um, change in temperature, like 30, 40 degrees difference, I mean, I think you get those heat waves. But down there, it was a really steady temperature. I mean, it it got cold one night. Other than that, it was pretty steady. The, I mean, it was 60s – I mean, 50s to – Mid to upper 70s. And so, I mean, it didn't really, in the mornings, it didn't fluctuate enough to actually produce those those heat waves, it didn't seem like. You so. on the
2: big eyes, you didn't have a problem with those, with heat waves? Didn't seem to, no. That's nope. wild, because as soon as you put a spot and scope up in Montana, and in midday to look for stuff, mm-hmm. it's yeah. you can barely see anything. You're right.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe Dan's right, that... Temperature difference, but yeah, we didn't have too many heat waves. I remember a couple times middle of the day, but really yeah. we were able to glass a lot of the middles of the day and not even have a a problem with it.
1: Yeah, no, it worked out good. Um, and it was nice for me because uh, you've been down there several years now. Um, you had some. We had just had some places just to go to. It was just kind of nice not really having to figure out too much at the beginning. I and mean, we started learning different places in different country um, towards the end there, but at the beginning, I mean, we we were able to drive to you know right. D- get us into country, um, just a few more miles and we're into a vantage point. I mean, how nice is that for me? So I'm already into a place. I'm already hunting. I'm already glass and trying to help you out. You're trying to help me out. We're trying to, trying to pick these things out. Yeah. You
0: know? Known spots where a coos deer hang out exactly. where I've You've seen, seen bucks them before. before yep. And it kind of takes the guesswork out yep. of it. And then, um, yeah, we had a good plan. And so, you know, we, we used our truck as camp, but it uh, does not mean we glass from our truck very much. No, it was a no. lot of hiking to master vantage points, yeah. find the, the, the best point that shows off the most country and sit there at the right times yeah. and see if you can't pick them out. And we actually saw more movement mid-morning on those things. After the sun hit the hillside, those coups would get up and move around. So. I I timed this hunt uh, where I missed a rut and it was also a full moon. <laughs> so, yeah. so we were just fighting against everything. Yeah. And I usually don't pay too much attention to the moon, but I guess when it's working against me, that's when you start to put blame on it. Go, oh, that, it's that full the moon. moon. Days. Yeah, they're yeah. they're feeding all night, but they were they would honestly be bedded in the mornings at first light. You wouldn't see a deer, and then all of a sudden the sun would hit the hillside and they'd start to move around a little yeah. bit. Eight
1: nine o'clock was was really yep to eleven twelve yeah, somewhere exactly. in there. yep. Yep, With your guys'
2: experience on mule deer, how much different is that from what mule deer do at sunrise?
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes you'll catch mule deer bedded at sunrise like that. So it's it's really similar, and, and mule deer do seem to change beds and move around that 9 to 11 period, but it, it just seemed like the coos, like that was that was their total pattern, was to move and feed during that time where deer are just maybe changing beds. And so it, it's almost like um, more... More movement at that time with coups than than mule deer, but real similar. Yeah. No, it was wild. And so we'd we'd catch those things moving kind of mid morning or you sit on a vantage point. And it's kinda of discouraging when you can look over so much country and not see a deer. But then like the one spot we had, I think we saw thirty deer from it. By the time it hit nine o'clock to eleven o'clock, we saw thirty deer from that same vantage point where we didn't see anything from seven to nine.
1: Yeah, it was it was very hard. Um trying to be patient because you you the country looks so bucky and like it could hold so many deer and then you get there in the morning you're excited you got your glass out and you don't see anything and i mean nothing i don't even know if we even saw we saw a couple coyotes i mean it was just nothing it was kind of weird so it's just like it's like well do we get up and move to a different vantage point do we go check out these trees or these draws do we move around a little bit it's like no we gotta just stay focused and just stay put i mean we had to sit there for hours you know, you know, knowing that we're at a good location, knowing, trust our glass, and just be patient. I mean, it was just a patient game, just nonstop. Mm-hmm.
0: And those things are so tough to spot. I know I've said that <laughs> oh, before, or you say it, but once you get down there, it's just a different story. Like, their gray coat blends in so perfectly with their landscape down there that you can be looking right at them and not see them. Uh, they can be in the wide open, there can be three, four deer, and they just hold still... You, you just can't pick them out, you know? And so you'll you'll pan over things three, four, or five times, and then eventually somebody will go, There's a deer. Oh, there's another one. There's three of them out there, and they're sitting in the wide open that you've yep. been glassing the whole time. They are so tough to see and keep track of. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. It's the most super frustrating little
0: animal. Yep. <laughs> and, and the country's really forgiving, right, Dan? Easy yeah. to hike through, oh, nothing poking you or anything.
1: First. 15 minutes into the hunt, I was bleeding. My <laughs> yeah, legs were bleeding. Both my arms were bleeding. Top of my hands were bleeding. I'm like, what? what is going on here? Where are you taking me? I don't know why I
0: forget that part of hunting down there. Oh. I, I warned Dan. I said, well, bring some thicker pants and some gators are nice down there. I said, that brush can poke you now and again. And we get up there in the first spot. And um, so – you know, all of my spots are pretty much stored upstairs. And so like, I know where the vantage point (laughs) is and I know where we're kind of supposed to walk, but you know, I got to jog my memory a little bit. And so as we start hiking up there, I'm all, Dan, I'm not sure if we're right. Let's walk up on this hill here and I got to see which vantage point we want to be on. And I walk us through this sticker patch up and through there. And they've got these thorns on them that are turned backwards like fish hooks. And they just grab your clothes and dig into your skin and dig in everywhere. And then they got these... Things that the locals call uh, shin pokers or shin getters, and it's just this green grass that comes up, and every one has a needle on the end of it. And when you gotta walk through it, they'll just dive into your shins. In fact, I popped a couple out since we've got home that yep. got infected in my shins. But I mean, that place grabs a hold of you. It Everything. doesn't want you there. It's the desert. Um, and then the, the, the Choyo patches, you know, the jumping cactus, those things are gnarly. If you, if you ever have a question, what a Choyo cactus patch is, just Google that on YouTube and see what you come up with. That stuff is a horror story. You know, it, it sticks to you and jumps off the bush and then you can't get it off you. It just keeps wanting to get in you. And they are barbed, um, cactus needles on them that stick in your skin. It'll roll
1: on you. Like you touch it with your toe just because we had to play with it to see what this is all about. You get it on your toe and you try kicking it off. It'll roll up your foot. And even more gets stuck into you. I mean, the more you move and more you fight it, the worse it gets. <laughs> oh, this
2: sounds this sounds
1: awesome. Yeah. It, it, it is it, so awesome. It's <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but you kind of find a way to move through country. And, you know, it's like any place you start to hunt. It takes a couple of days to get in your groove and get feeling it and where you travel through and where you move through. But, yeah, that was the first spot I took Dan through. And he's looking at me like, where did what you bring you me doing? to? Yeah, you can't even make your way through it. Um, but, but eventually we started to get our groove and find better places that you can hike through and just kind of navigate through country smarter and wiser as you're moving through. But yeah, everything grabs a hold of you. And the, there, even the grass there has Mm -hmm. like this pokey twisted grass. So you walk through the grass and instantly you got them sticking through your pants and they'll break off and in your socks and stuff. So you're just constantly getting poked by stuff out there in the desert, no matter where you go, where you sit, how you do it. Um, it's pretty gnarly country.
1: Yeah, every time you stop, one of us or both of us are picking something out of either our legs or hands or arms, something. I mean, we, you're
0: just constant battle. We the place just, just doesn't want you there. He <laughs> doesn't. No, it, it is evil in that in that uh, aspect of it. But then, you know, me and Dan would split up on different vantage points and you'd glass over and I'd see Dan and he'd have his pants around his ankles <laughs> trying to pull grass <laughs> out of his underwear. Or, you know, it was like uh, you're just constantly trying to get that stuff out of you. But you get the right pants. You need a thicker pair of pants down there. I yep. ran the gators you know shin high that really helped with the shin pokers and different things so you you kind of figure out your system that works pretty good and and then you're pretty pretty safe and
1: yeah i didn't come super smart prepared um i brought long johns with me (laughs) i brought all sorts of stuff so the first day in i'm like holy crap brian we gotta stop i gotta start shedding some clothes you know you know middle of montana right now 20 below and, and then we're fighting 70 I think it was 77 or 78 on day 2. I mean it was like holy cow, way different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just takes just takes a day or two to acclimate to the to the country and to the weather, but yeah, it was pretty fun, you know, finally started seeing seeing a few game and we saw a lot of does. Mm-hmm. We did. We saw a bunch every day. I mean, you told me if you're seeing if you're seeing what I think you said 10 15 in the morning, 10 15 at night, you're doing real good. Yep. And we were doing that. We were producing does. Um, you know, eventually we, we hit uh, couple of your deeper spots, um, deeper as in, like, higher up in the mountains, deeper in backcountry, and uh, started finding some bucks. You know, mm-hmm. we did. We started finding um, not uh, super mature ones off the, off, off the, at the get-go, but uh, at least we're starting to see bucks. Starting to, I, I made some plays. <laughs> yeah. I, went, I went for a good one, you know, and, and you know, first coos buck, I was just kind of like, I just want something that looks like looks like the species we're hunting for. So I was just ready to make a stock and then it worked out really good. I mean, uh, didn't get an arrow in him, didn't even loose narrow, but it was still a great stock, you know, off this big old cliff face. And it was pretty cool. You got to watch the whole thing go down. So that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You were close on that buck. So yeah, we, we, started seeing a couple smaller bucks but Mm -hmm. they just weren't rotten at all and i'd been at during those dates and caught epic rut over there yep and uh there was just no rut activity for some reason i don't know if it was the weather or you know i'm not sure what but we're definitely going to adjust our dates a little bit for the next trip uh during the rut we we would have got a lot more chances but they were bachelor herded up and they were just running didn't even seem like pre-rut where they Mm -hmm. were traveling country just just no rut whatsoever but um, we kept grinding, kept finding really good vantage points, started turning up box. We, we passed a handful of them, and then we finally saw one that was a good mainframe two, um, which is a good coos, and so uh, Dan put a stock on him, and yeah, Dan got in bow range and kind of snuck around and went around the other side of this bush, tried to get a closer approach there, and finally picked him out and, and moved off, but it was a good close call, yeah, good stock, way to break the ice. In bow
1: range, it was yeah. the first coos I went on to play on, and I got right in there pretty tight on him, and I, you know, my fault, I was you know, you're down there, you want to, there's such a small critter and, and such a small uh, target to shoot at that I, you know, first stock, I want to make it count. So I, I got him bow range and I felt comfortable and I'm like, you know what, he's just feeding. He's just kind of, actually he was feeding on a tree. So his head was up and he was just doing, doing what he was doing. And I was like, man, I think I can just get a little bit closer. If I can get 10 more yards on him, I, it's a hundred percent done deal. And so it's just like, you know, archery, archery hunting, my, my theory is, is it's it's supposed to be personal. I mean, you're in you're inside their comfort zone. I mean, that's the whole point. My thing is in stalking. I love stalking animals. So I don't like to sit back and and it's hard for me to be patient, sit back, let him come to you, which is really smart for coos coos deer you get in range let them come to you if you can but nine times out of ten they're gonna walk off the opposite direction but yeah i just tried i just tried getting too close on him and he ended i think he ended up catching my movement and then right after that he had me pinned and then that wind swirled and and then he was gone you know but at least i'm pretty happy i didn't take a long poke at him i tried getting in close and nice and tight and so i I wasn't i wasn't mad or anything it was a good it was a good uh good hunt it was a good stock
0: you didn't do anything wrong no it was good Yep. um boy you got the squeakiest chairs around here Dan every yeah, time I move I around this <laughs> chair squeaks yeah. you Don't dare, move. <laughs> yeah, dare right move. yeah I gotta stay t- uh, totally still and then uh well I drove up to Dan's to record the podcast and I showed up with a hippie with a couple dogs <laughs> yeah. I'm dog sitting and then I I got my dog my girls are all gone so we got dogs ripping around hopefully we don't catch any cords and then squeaky chairs but uh uh it's nice to sit down and get this recorded man it was such a fun trip so
1: how about those roads down there Arizona roads <laughs> what are those about well yeah
0: uh I got a brand new truck, yeah, about say- seven eight thousand miles on it, and we went for it. Like oh, you man. just have to, and it's not like we're trying to drive to the spots that are good. We're trying to drive to spots where we can access a different part of the mountain, get to different vantage points, see some of that backcountry where those bucks like to be. You know, right now um, they're supposed to be running, but it's after all the rifle seasons, after all the 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 primitive weapons. You know, the the muzzle loader, and then they've also ran an early bow season. So these bucks have been chased around and so you can't just drive up the road and expect to see a buck. You got to hike back into these hidden basins and grab these vantage points and kind of look them over. But while doing so, we pushed the hell out of that truck. Oh my God. I don't think anybody's driven a new truck like that.
1: No, that new truck. I felt so bad for it. I was like, Brian, if this truck could talk, he would say, take me back. I don't want, I don't want you to own me. (laughs) Gosh, and I was worried
0: about a little scratch by my door (laughs) handle. (laughs) (laughs) This thing has racing stripes all the way down the sides of it, but it's just better for me to get it out of the way that's what i buy them for is yeah, to use get them, and, them and uh going outside and dropping your
2: cell phone yeah. You yeah might as well do it yeah exactly yeah <laughs> just
0: get it out of the way because it's going to happen and um seems like dan and i we're always going some spot where we um, scratch up our, our trucks like yeah, but, colorado that spot we've yep. got to drive to to access that that hiking spot in and through there and so it, it usually doesn't last too long but yeah we pushed it and 4 low like in Montana you never use 4 low. So in Montana you got to keep the wheels spinning. You're either on mud or you're on snow. Sometimes your speedometer says 40, 50, 60 miles an hour cuz you're just trying to keep those tires moving, yep. keep trying to grip, keep your momentum and get through whatever you're in. Well over there you get these 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 really extreme pitches that go uphill where your truck will actually run out of power unless you have it in low 4. Yep. And and so at first you know, I never put my truck in low four. And and Dan goes, oh, you you better put it in four low. And first time we did it, I felt like I didn't have enough like RPMs, or I felt like if the tires started to slip, like I was going to get stuck because I couldn't spin the tires fast enough. I'm all, oh, Dan, I don't know about this gig. Like I think I'm four high guy going up the <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. then we ran one at four high and pretty much stalled out my truck up this hill because it ran out of power to climb it. So after that, we were four low. And the four low, it, does, it just gears everything down and just gives yep. you more power for getting up those things. But I, I had that truck in four low. What do you think? 2 dozen times. Oh, at, at least. You got to remember it's <laughs> not just
1: right on these roads. These roads um obviously zero maintenance on these roads and they get huge flash floods down there. Everywhere there's signs, everywhere, don't cross a flooded, don't cross a flooded. Everywhere we went. So you can imagine what it does to these back roads. Then you got these huge boulders sticking out of a road and all the dirt around them that used to be there is completely gone. So guess what? You got a brand new truck with be honest with you with crappy ass four ply highway tires <laughs> Oh, those are great tires they're really good real good <laughs> and uh you know it's like man what are we gonna do here and just go for it. you know that four low it, it saved us um, we got ourselves into a little bit of a pickle oh we um, did it was a little scary to be honest with you uh we were told by uh said buddy don't attempt that road guys just don't do it don't go down there you know brian and i are like ooh. Let's go down there. Let's go down. It's like you know. It's like really, we can't go down there. He's like, dude, no, don't, don't do it. And it's like, well, we get there and we're looking around. It's like, oh, this ain't so bad. So we went down there, you know, just oh, it was wicked. It was bad. There was a few places where we had to stop and get out and walk at first. And I mean, it was, it got pretty extreme. You know, luckily we we did get out because there was no just drive through it and get out the other side because it got even worse. And then the very first hill we went down was probably one of the worst. And we're like. So, right at the beginning, we're screwed. At the end, we're screwed. So, it's like, now we're just caught in the middle. It's like, well, I guess we we'll just stay
0: here the for a spots few days. Where you get
2: down there and you're like, oh. Why did we come down here? Yeah. Oh, it was For what? It was
0: one of those times. Yeah. We were trying to, we had, we had spooked some bucks the day before into this country, um, like five of them, and a yeah. couple just good ones, as big as we had seen down there. So we wanted to get farther down. But yeah, you're right. We had been warned, don't go down that hill. So of course we go down the hill. And I mean, it's tires locked up, skidding down the hill, yeah. going down. I'm it con- is well, so steep. Controlled
2: slide. Sitting here talking about it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Oh. No.
0: And then after that, we went down two or three more because we were trying to find our way through <laughs> yeah. it. And that were just as bad. And then we started up – the last one we went up there, we, we actually stalled out yep. on it. I, had to make yep. a second or third attempt on it. We made it up and over. And I mean you know, by that time you're shaking and you're just like, I got my brand new – Dan, what happens if we blow a transmission out of here? How do I even get this thing out? I'm going to have to fly you home. Like, man, we we pushed this thing too far. And so we're sitting in the middle. We really wanted to make a hike and go up there, but we were so worried about getting out. So we had to turn around, come out, and I mean we just – Barely, barely
1: made it. it Brian's like what's that smell man what's that I'm like oh it's just a new truck oh yeah <laughs> it's just a new truck don't worry about it I'm getting out going oh shit I hope I don't let the smoke come out of that thing <laughs> oh man you could smell and it got a little warm in the tranny but uh,
0: it took some driving to get out of there it was just barely by right. the skin of our teeth but we made it out learned our le- learned our lesson and me and Dan are good hunting partners we're also bad hunting partners yeah. because we talk each other into stuff you oh, we know we can get down there.
2: yeah it's not, it's not that bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and you
0: know what it's it's damn yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> it is that bad damn. yeah <laughs> well it's me too yeah we just both god we talk each oh. other into it but yeah uh yeah i gotta be more careful for sure and make sure we're not putting ourselves into bad situations. but uh, you know neither one of us has died yet no, not yet. <laughs> so, no we're, we're yeah, good. yeah we haven't blown up a truck together i think i've blown up a couple of them but it hasn't been with you so i, nope, I think we got L- a good you. record yeah, yeah. Have you blown up anything? You blew up your razor, but that was with Kyle. Yeah,
1: that was Kyle's so, fault. That I blame was Kyle. So, was so maybe Kyle's we are fault. a good a good team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on the edge. Yeah, I've been through some nasty places. I don't know why it seems like I'm either involved or was just making it through or making it out or I just missed it. But, yeah, I don't know if it's
0: lucky or not. Hmm. Oh, man. But pushing our limits, getting to spots, hunting, and we did get some good stocks. You had that one close call yep. on that one. And then, you know, they just ghosted us, too, and— you know, we maybe made a couple of mistakes or a couple things you played different in hindsight, yeah. but you know, at the time you're just trying to make your best call. And so the kind of, you know, where the hunt really turned is when we went into that new drainage, we didn't see much in the morning. And then all of a sudden I looked across that big deal. and I said, mm-hmm. Dan, there's a buck, you right. know, and you go, really? And I go, yeah, yeah, really. There's a buck, you know, because yeah. we had gone a <laughs> couple of sure? days without seeing a buck. <laughs> yeah. And I think the day before we'd seen 40 some deer, Yep. um, spotted a buck and he was kind of on the edge and we were starting to get a little excited like I say dan's just looking for good representation of a coo so i'm trying to talk him into it yeah yeah it's pretty good dan yeah, it's right, yeah. and uh and then all of a sudden like i spot this deer next to him bedded and anytime you spot a bedded coo, it's always like a feather in your cap you know it's always like good spot man that's yeah. crazy and uh spotted down and then there was a nice heavy two by three with him with eye guards and um a, a nice mature buck that we wanted to shoot yep and um then we, so we, what we did, we were maybe a couple miles away, and so they, they bedded down. They both bedded, so we knew exactly where they were, and so we thought, well, let's both get a little bit closer and we'll go, and we had this vantage point picked out. And so we rolled and covered country quick to get to that vantage point. Got to that vantage point, sure enough, there are those bucks. you know We still got them bedded right there. And, and then we spot a couple does coming over the hillside, and then we spot another nice three-point, good scoring buck, eye guards, and he's with that crew. He's up above. And uh, we bet all the bucks down. We're sitting on this vantage point and we're contemplating. Dan's going to shoot. I really want him to have a quality experience down there and get chances at these bucks. And I I know I'll get some chances. And so it's like, man, Dan, you're up. You're going to shoot this buck. And so we thought about sending Dan right away off the bat on a stock. Yep. And, and then we just opted and said, you know, gosh, I let's play this thing patiently. Well, we
1: knew where they were. They yeah. were bedded. They were happy. The sun was up. I mean, it was getting warm. I mean, we watched every single one of them either go into a set of trees and never come out, or we actually literally watched them bed. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we could see them in their bed. So, I mean, they weren't going anywhere, it didn't feel like. It felt like it was great. Good and it was an open basin. Yep.
0: And so we opted like it was maybe – an hour away to make a play on these bucks. So what we opted to do is, hey, let's, like there was a vantage point up on the peak where we'd position ourselves above these bucks. So when they fed out in this drainage or when they made a move or even if they were bedded, you know, we were five to ten minutes away from getting a stock on them, more so than an hour away from getting a stock on them. So we, we thought that would be the, the best play is to get up above them. We had all day, and so we work up above them and we get up there and all of a sudden we can't find them. They're just nowhere there. And so we just, they're coo They're bedded. Okay, sure enough, you know, they're there somewhere. They're still in here. They didn't move. Definitely didn't spook us. We went, or spook from us. We went way around them, kept our wind dry. They couldn't have seen us. And so we just knew they were still in there. Well, we, we spent the better part of six seven hours waiting for those bucks to show themselves dan stayed up on top and after three hours i finally said well i'm gonna go back around to the vantage point and see if i can see them in their beds i got back down there didn't see them. looked over multiple drainages right there and and there was just no bucks they had ghosted us the gray ghost the
2: whole time they, they you thought they were there yep
0: and they were not they were not till evening. That was brutal. And I had another quality play like that with a good buck that was right at about a hundred inches. And I saw him right at daybreak and I'd look at Dan, it was later in the hunt, I said, I'm going for him. Keep an eye on him. I'm gonna get to him. And so I just started running through the desert, through a bottom and through it. And there was a hillside that was going to give me another vantage point on him. And I got to that hillside and looked and I couldn't see him. And he had bedded in one patch of trees. And I knew I had Dan on the scope and I texted him and I said, hey, have you seen him? and and Dan goes, yeah, I saw him in that group of trees, he's right there, I saw him circle those group of trees, so I thought thought that buck was there, really took my time, this is towards the end of the hunt, where we're really in our groove, and then I sat above where I thought that buck was for two hours with good shooting lanes, really crept in there silently, you know, know, on the rocks, and, and, uh, you know, I knew I didn't spook him getting in there, and then I had Dan, and And uh, we met up with another buddy, Miguel, over there, and uh, he was on the big eyes, which is two spotting scopes put together. (laughs) And uh, they were on the hillside looking for me, but um, I sat there and that buck ghosted me too. Moved when I moved, got out of that drainage somehow. I know I didn't spook him. But, yeah, it's just – and you just need one of those opportunities to go right for you, and we just didn't have it happen, you know. But we did get some quality plays towards the end.
1: And some quality bucks, too. We saw some really nice oh, bucks. Oh,
0: world-class coos. I mean,
1: really heavy. You know when a mature one comes out because I never really bit – I've never hunted these before. So we were seeing, I guess, what we would call dink bucks for quite a while. Then all of a sudden this thing walks out and it's just like a totally different species. I mean, it was just like, oh, that's what you're talking about. Yes. I mean, the mass alone on those things. I know the the tines aren't like super tall. But that's a coos. They don't necessarily need to be that super tall. It's the mass that really gets you—the mass and how hard they curl and their main beams. And I mean, you can—it's just night and day difference on a mature buck. It mm-hmm. was crazy. I mean, it gets you excited. Like these are—I mean, we're only hunting like hundred—you know, seventy-five to what, hundred ten inch, hundred fifteen inch coos mm-hmm. bucks. I mean, that's a, that's small for a whitetail. But these coos—they get you super, super jacked because I mean, like I said, they walk out a big mature one and how they act. You, that how that one was posturing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, a big mature buck is just like a big mature mule deer. He's just a prick. He's a prick to everything else around him.
0: He's a bully. I mean, it's just so much fun to watch those things. These coos weigh 100 pounds, and they'll uh, they'll push a mule deer out of country. They're just that aggressive.
1: Yeah, they're just like little. What do you, What did Miguel say? He says they reminds me of a Jack Russell Terrier, a little pit bull, or yeah, a little. they're just like a little spaz, and they just they just have so much
2: fight in them, and they're just kind of wild to watch. So on your guys' – you talk about this terrain and how you lose bucks and you sit for six, seven hours and, and they just disappear. How is – it, is it different than Montana? Is it different as far as terrain goes? Is it harder? Is it, is the it terrains, easier to lose? The animals?
0: terrain's easier. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's more open. There's just sparse trees. It's just those coos. You'll be looking in a spot and think you have that buck pinned and look away for a second or don't catch him, and all of a sudden he makes it to the next tree. And then to the next tree, and you're still staring at that one spot where you think he's at, and he makes it out of there. They're just that tough to see. The country is really conducive to killing them, yes. and, and if they were mule deer in there, you'd kill them every time. You wouldn't lose track of them. You could, you could keep track everywhere they went. It's just that coo species is so
1: tough to see. Yeah, they're flighty they are I mean, some they'll just take off and the other ones. It's weird. I don't understand their bedding, bedding pattern yet. Like I said, they seem like they're so comfortable. Get up once or twice in the morning and they get in a nice shady spot and they're super comfortable just hanging out. And then you take your eyes off it for a minute. Look back there. I mean, I left my spotting scope set up on him and I grabbed, grabbed drink of water, or a, an apple to eat or something. Look back and he's gone. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Gone. And I can't find him. I mean, it's just kind of, it's just wild.
0: You see one and sometimes you're trying to show your buddy it and it's on an open hillside right in front of you and you describe it perfectly. Okay. He's, he's below that group of trees, the single tree right below it. And you'll say that to your buddy and he'll look there and I can't see that thing. And it's standing right in the open of a meadow right there, right underneath that tree. He's looking at that exact spot, but can't pick out that animal because their outline's broken up so perfectly and their, their color blends in so perfectly. They're just, they're the ultimate animal to see. Yeah, to it's, glass
1: it's wild i mean it did it happened to both of us i'm like brian there's two does right there and you, what where i mean it happened both ways yeah, mean, oh yeah absolutely just crazy just yep. wild glass and and then what it was like one of the coolest things we saw down there i i think it was one of the coolest experiences you know being in montana we we have a bunch of these things but i rarely see them like i said i think this is only my third maybe fourth sighting i mean we saw a giant mountain lion down there I mean, yes. That was a that was a big old tom. I think it was a tom. I'm not sure. Yeah. It was a big old cat. You
0: glassed it up. Yeah. So you looked across and you go, uh, I think you said straight away it was a mountain lion. And then we look closer and then that mountain lion has a coos deer. It's just killed. Yep. And then we watch it drag that coos deer across this huge hillside. It'd drag it 20, 30 yards and then break in the shade, 20, 30 yards, break in the shade. And it would sit down
1: and pant. You could yeah. see it sitting there panting.
0: Like, and I, oh, and I mean – I can shoot pretty good with a bow, and I can't get one of these things killed. Can you imagine with your bare (laughs) bare hands? (laughs) (laughs) It would be ridiculous. Like to actually sneak up and be able to jump on that thing's back and kill it. That is just wild. There's actually jaguars down there. Yeah. I was telling Dan like they they've had them on trail cams down there and chased them with dogs a couple of times, but they're jaguars down in this mountain range
2: we're hunting. I'm not gonna this this sounds this, this sounds horrible. You're in this next year. No, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, it's
1: just it's just pure uh, punishment and torture. It really is. I mean, it's hunting. yeah, I mean, I got my face sunburnt, my top, of my hands. I mean, bleeding everywhere. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just pure torture, but it's a blast, When I mean, You get down there and seeing everything that we saw. I mean, people come from all over the U.S. to. Uh, to look at some of the birds that we just ran yep. into every single day. We saw some weird looking birds.
0: Quail. And then there's road runners down there. And those yeah. road runners are vicious. They'll kill a, kill a rattlesnake. They'll peck at it until they kill it. Um, but those things are pretty cool. You see a bunch of those down there. It's just like Jurassic Park. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just totally different ecosystem than we're used to. And so it's really fun to immerse yourself in it. And you see a lot of deer. You have fun the whole time. I mean, we had 10 days and it went by like a snap of the it finger it and it was, was over. super fast. You know, it's just every day you're active. You don't have any of the middle of the day lulls or anything. Like it might get slow between 12 and 2, but sometimes you pick out a buck in between then. So yeah. you just keep looking and keep going. Um, but you really get into it. Like, I think, I'm, I think I'm a coos hunter for life. Those things are so fun, and it's, like, not the in or cool thing yet, and I don't know if people respect them as much as they should, but a big coos is really tough to kill.
1: Well, it, it can be really frustrating. you, you got to say that. It's, it can be super yep. frustrating when you're not seeing them, you're not hitting the rut right. I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, it could happen every year, really. I mean, you, it's, it's just a game down there, and it's not like we're going to drive 24 hours to go scout it. I mean, you go down there, you're committed, you got a certain amount of days. I mean, you're going to hunt your ass off for as many days as you have, and you just, you're just kind of given what you're given, you know? So, yep. it, it can be it can be frustrating. Like, I, w- I was blown away that I just couldn't see him. I mean, it was <laughs> just like, what am I doing? De- I'm good at glassing. Yes, I always have been.
0: Yeah, that's why I was pumped to take you.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, he'll help me glass. And I'm down there, I'm like, I am not helping you glass at all, because I can't find a damn deer. So, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough. It was fun. I mean, it takes a while... It was weird. It's like the first 2 days was very difficult, but then like the 3rd or 4th day I felt like I was starting to get it. I was starting to just take that much more time. Like up here I would I would glass something, I'll go back to it, glass it again. Okay, I got that covered. Move on. Over there, you no, you can glass that thing all morning and you don't have it covered. I mean, something will just stand up and you're like, "Oh, well, that's nice." Mhm. So yeah, it's just it's just different. I think it's just it's just really difficult. It's um, it's just a patience game. I mean, just archery is a patience game. It really is. So mm-hmm. I mean, just kind is it of tough tenfold. to stay motivated. No, because like I told you, I had a kick just hiking around that country and checking things out. I had so much fun. I enjoyed the heat so much, and I enjoyed, I then it wasn't like excruciating hot we didn't have to run for shade i mean it was just it was beautiful country it was just so much fun and we saw we saw different animals every single day we saw all sorts of stuff i mean the javelinas are built for bow hunters they are awesome so much fun to see those things so you're driving to montana and you're going on these back roads and you see uh, roadkill you see whitetail even elk whatever down, down there in az you actually see roadkill havies and, I mean, how cool is that? I'm like, Brian, what's that thing? He's like, oh, yeah, it's a pig down there, you know. I don't know if you want to call them a pig, but they are. they peccary, but they look like they a pig.
0: They have a pig nose. I guess they're not related to rodents, and they're not related to pigs. They're their own subspecies called a peccary, but they, they look like a pig. They're they a desert pig. They're
1: huge nose, and they use their nose as shovels. I mean, and it's like a great big wide – I mean – I don't even know how to explain it. Like big, flat, but really wide. And it's kind of got a lip all the way around it. And they use that for prying rocks up. And so they could get underneath rocks or or dig down to get on the roots of brush and trees and whatever weeds or whatever they eat. And then the other cool thing about it is, is they have giant teeth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Creepy giant teeth. You do not want of those things grabbing your leg.
0: They can charge you after you shoot them. Yeah, I've heard stories <laughs> of guys shooting them and having them charge and things. And so we really wanted to get a javelina, and it's a pretty good bonus down there. It's like a $100 tag or $125 tag or something. You pick up a heavy tag. And I've never had one because I've always focused on coos deer. Um, but this time, we, we were definitely going to get a uh, heavy tag. So we both got one. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want Dan to shoot one. And they're all over throughout that desert landscape. But the toughest mm-hmm. thing is finding the right spot where they're at. And you see their dig marks and sign in places. So you know they're around. And then finally, we, we caught up a herd of them one morning at daybreak. I, before Dan even sat down on the vantage point like, oh, I got some heavies. We got to move, you know. And so we took off down this drainage. We got in this slot canyon that was really tough to navigate down, a little Ooh, free yeah. climb. And then made the crit, crossed up, and got up the other side. And we could see the herd right there, and they were just rooting around. And so we made a textbook stock on them both. You were up to shoot yep. first. We got up there. We had one that was just kind of dancing in bow range, but kind of moved out of the way. And then a couple times. I mean, it was those stocks where you got a freeze, you got one looking at you for five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, and you're just frozen. And then finally it looks away and goes back to rooting around and just keep creeping in. And finally you got a nice shot. It was 45 yards or something like that. Um, you pinwheeled that thing and it ran down. Well, as he shot and that thing ran down, it scattered the whole herd. They didn't know what had happened. And so we had one run right at us. And I go, Dan, give me a range, you know. And he <laughs> gave me a range and then we doubled up. I smacked that one right in front right of after us. Him. Yeah. yeah. So we had two down within, they died maybe 20 yards apart or yeah, something like exactly, that yeah. yeah it didn't run too far Tipped um, over, but that shoot. was fun
1: yeah it was a blast and actually um going back to that little stock we played when we left um our vantage point we dropped down into this draw it just looked like a normal draw until we got down to the bottom of it and it was a sheer cliff mm-hmm. i mean you you uh free climbed all the way down and then you left me with the bows because there's no way you could you needed both hands and mm-hmm. you know you needed everything so he gets down there and i'm like looking down at you like
0: okay well here comes the first bow. <laughs> just drop it off the top to you. Well, in just a, a, like a secret time or a little honesty right yeah. here, like you dropped that bow and I thought I could catch it, but it was from so high that when you <laughs> dropped it and I caught it, it about smashed my hand on the rock down below me. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh, that's pretty heavy when yeah. you drop it from that height. Yeah. You know, so you dropped the second one and I was ready for it. So it just would have been your bow. I think you dropped <laughs> yeah, yours <exactly>. first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry about that. And yeah. you did bring a backup bow, so we were all right. Yeah, we were all right.
1: But yeah, pretty cool. It was, like I said, the, the terrain down there was just a blast. You could travel country. You think you could travel country really fast down there until you get down there and you start bleeding from everywhere and you, you need to slow down. Those things, it's weird. Those those little hook ones, they don't actually break off the branch. Mm-hmm. They don't. They stay on the branch and the branch will come with you and you'll be carrying this branch on your arm or on your pack because you just ripped it off the tree. Because those things do not give up. They are mm-hmm. vicious. They are vicious. Super sharp. Yep. Yeah, it was just wild. I'm like, Brian, what what the hell's going on here? (laughs) I mean, it was was pretty wild, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But I I really think I'm a coos hunter for life. Those things make me so much better of a bow hunter. When you're hunting a coos and stalking a coos and glassing for coos, all of a sudden, like, I think a Muley season, and mulees are tough to kill, and they're my favorite species to hunt, but it's going to make it easier. Those things are five times as easy to pick out on a hillside. You know, you can pick them out anywhere bedded and keep track of them, and I I know muleys are tough, and I, I love hunting them, but it's just, like, after hunting those coos, it just seems like everything's a touch easier.
1: I, I completely agree. I think it's going to help me out a lot for the patience game. Patience on my stock and patience on my glassing. I think now, like if I was just going to roll and did a, do a coos hunt, we just got that out of the way and we go to um, one of our muley spots and go hunt muleys, I bet glassing would be awesome. I mm-hmm. think I'd be really, really good at it. I think we'd see everything that lived on the hillside after a coos hunt. I mean, I don't know. I think it made me a lot better. Just patience alone is going to help me out of time. Me
0: too. It improves my skills and... I am going to figure out how to harvest those bucks consistently. (laughs) And so we we met my buddy down there, Miguel. Um, So I didn't know Miguel. He's been a Facebook friend of mine, and I've always seen that he's come up with with really good coos deer. And and, uh, he complimented me when I killed a nice coos down there. And so he's just a guy I've known. And then after the... the coos podcast that I did, um, that I released uh three weeks ago or so, he reached out to me and said, "Hey, really good podcast." And I thought, well, that's good for you know, since you're a pro coos yeah, here, hunter, and I pro. guess my advice was pretty good for a coos hunting at least from um, from from his from his. You know, thoughts and his knowledge of hunting coos down there in in the element all the time. But he's a really good coos hunter, and so he looked me up, sent me a message on Facebook, and we were day four, day five at that point. We had found some bucks and we're getting into them. But he looked us up and kind of reached out, and I said, "Yeah, Miguel, are you hunting this weekend? You're welcome to come hunt with us." And we got some good spots, and so he said, "Oh yeah, I'll hunt with you guys." He said, "Why don't I drive up tonight to your camp and and meet you?" And so. Um, we ended up driving down. We actually ended up, it was our first night. We yep. ate dinner down at a bar down there and grabbed, grabbed a cold beer and some, some dinner down there and met Miguel and just the nicest guy in the world and just wants to share information and have us be successful down there. And, you know, just instant friends when you meet each other. And so he I think just, he, he
1: understands how tough it is. I yep, think I, he, he does. He knows how, I mean, obviously look at his setup. yeah hey guys. I mean, you know how much, I mean, that's like a, I don't even know. I bet that's close to a $10,000 setup that he's running down there for coos deer. I mean, the guy's got it dialed. And he
0: had to put some effort in, too. Like, I never take help from anybody. I've got my own program I've learned down there. And so, you know, I'm not that I'm standoffish, but I'm standoffish. <laughs> I just, yeah. Like, I just, um, you know, I'm down there. Me and Dan are hunting. We're immersed in the hunt. And he reaches out to me, and I send him a couple texts back and forth and say, oh, yeah, that'd be great to meet for dinner. And so we meet for dinner. And all of a sudden, we just play 100 questions with Miguel, yeah. just asking him yeah. everything about coos deer and the rut and where he sees him and how he stalk him. And uh, Miguel has killed uh, – the last six years, he he's killed six coos bucks over 100 inches, six uh, which in a is row. unheard of down there. With yeah. archery time. Yeah, with yeah, so. archery. Yeah, he's dialed on it. So he tells us – he goes, well – I got some spots if you guys are willing <laughs> to come over, you know, and, and, uh, I got some spots where you guys can maybe find some Havis and, and find some bucks. And so I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll meet you in the morning. And, and, uh, he was really nice. He shared a couple main vantage points with us we, inside our unit that we had been hunting that we didn't know about, um, kind of down lower and more open terrain and started, we picked out some bucks from his vantage points and then got those Havis from his vantage points. It, just a super nice guy. It listens to the podcast and, um, uh, just, just couldn't be any nicer and, and, uh, just willing to help. And so that was really cool to be able to bounce ideas off him too and go, Miguel, what do you think about this? And he runs his program. He lives down there. He's local. And so he knows these vantage points. He, he works for border patrol. So he runs all these roads all the time down and through there. And so he uses a lot of those vantage points that he can get to easily. And then he changes vantage points well, me and Dan are just like, oh, where can we go hike through the desert and get on this master point or get on this vantage? So we would bounce ideas off of him, and he said, "Yeah, I think you guys will turn up a buck doing that." And yep. More days than not, we did. You know, we just take off hiking in the dark and make it to a point and then set up and start glass and then and uh, find a buck out there. But man, just so much fun! Is one of my hippie dogs yeah, whining? <laughs> yeah, did hear it? like, <laughs> What is that thing? It's Like a little miniature howl? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he
1: was full of great advice. Um, like I said, nicest guy on the planet. Holy cow, he was just. I mean, he answered our questions. He was ready to go. I mean, he travels around. It was just so much fun down there. A yeah. uh, local guy. I mean, like I said, you just felt comfortable. He knew what he was talking about. And it was great. Great guy to meet. And it was, yeah, a lot of fun. May, actually made a lot, made the trip a lot of fun there. Last few days, I, I had a blast.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, this, those things are fun to hunt. I don't know. Better, better buy your ticket next year, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go. I yeah. would absolutely love to go. Yeah, but, it's fun down there. Yep. And like I say, we're going to get a handle on those things. We're going to bring a couple mature bucks out of there. I've killed one that came together for me, but I think I'm – I don't even want to tell you my odds right now because I want to talk you into going down there. But <laughs> yeah. I think I'm 0%. one for four down there is <laughs> yeah. what I am. You know, it's well, it's you're just figuring tough. it
1: out. I think I think we both I mean, I learned a lot more. But I mean, I know uh, I know you learned a lot this last trip. I think we got a lot of things figured out and we got a great plan for next year. Really good plan. There's a dog whining.
0: Yeah, I'll try to get my dog to lay down here. Actually, this is my mother-in-law's dog. I'm, I'm kind of dog-sitting <laughs> sitting. right now, so get her to lay down at my feet. Yeah, it's a good spot Have you tried your high. heavy meat yet? No, I haven't tried it. I haven't tried mine yet yeah, either. I butchered still, it all up. Okay, Yep. yep. Went pretty quick. So yeah, I don't know. We'll try it out. Try some recipes. See how it does. I I had so much fun hunting those
1: things that, I mean, whenever I can possibly get a tag to go hunt one of those, I'm, I'm going. Mm-hmm. I just think they're set up for bow hunting. It was just, that was fun.
0: I think real man would drive back down there. Yeah, probably. So I got a <laughs> tag in my pocket right now. You know, I get off work and
1: uh, just a few days, maybe do a do a quick stint down there. <laughs> I, think, I think
0: it's a late rut this year. I think I better run back yeah, down. Yeah. I would love to. It's just so too. far to travel. Yeah. But uh, don't kid yourself. It's been in the back of my mind yep, yep. So how can i get a plane ticket down there can you imagine returning your rental car after driving some oh, of those roads oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> they'd, probably, yeah, they'd probably yeah they probably make <laughs> me buy it yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no that's just an awesome place on planet earth and and warmer improves your skills just a great way to kick off the how is season the food down there Oh, food is so good. food is so good, it yeah was, uh, that was we cool. lived out of coolers for about the first seven days, and then yep. we lived out of restaurants for the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> we, we treated
1: ourselves pretty good it was it was great food.
0: We were just camping where we could access them, you know, and it was the evening it get dark at six o'clock, and so you could run down to the restaurant and grab some fajitas or something good down there. so yeah, the last three days we kind of ran out of food. We were just down to the end of it. We could have survived out of our cooler, yeah. but yeah, we definitely ate up the last three nights, tough which is living. pretty nice. Yeah. Tough living. Yeah. It was, it, was it was, yeah, it right. was, it was tough. Yeah. Tough living.
1: Well, it's like, well, we got to check out that vantage. Well, there's a little town down there slightly on the way, so we better stop. See if there. Google
0: says there's a Mexican restaurant down there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, another thing that we totally forgot that I just got to throw out. because I've never seen it before is we were driving this road and, uh, it was wicked. Like I said, super wicked. I get out. We're talking. Actually, we met up with Miguel. We were talking. I think it was the first time we met him, I, th- I believe. And we're sitting there talking to him. No, it was the next day. We, we had dinner with him when we met him. So it was the next day. We're sitting there glassing, and he's just kind of like kind of telling us the lay of the land and everything. And I'm looking down at your truck, and I'm like, boy, that's not good. There was actually rocks wedged in between your rim and your tire. Actually creating a, like a hole. It wasn't leaking yet, but there was actually big rocks in between the wheel and the tire wedged in there. I'm like, oh, that's good to drive on. Let's yeah, on let's run that. fancy four-ply tires. Yeah, super, yeah. super smart <laughs> tires. Like, like I said, the people down there were great. Um, we, we, we just stopped at a little uh, tire shop. I mean, like I said, it was just so much fun because everybody wanted to say hi and helped us out. And I mean, they had us in and fixed, and we were on the road again mm-hmm. in no time. So it was just kind of cool.
0: We had to adjust my canopy. It started sliding yeah, off, it, the it of the off the back of the truck at one Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's
1: like, let's just crawl up there. So he, he hands me a pair of channel locks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> perfect, perfect tool. So, yeah. Yeah, we're up there sliding the canopy back on. but yeah, good experience. like I said, great fun. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to do this every single year. It's a perfect opportunity for me after uh, you know after the holiday seasons. Uh, midwinter. I mean it, things are up here are cold and snow and blowing and I just I needed the, I needed the break. The mm-hmm. weather alone just yeah, I, I understand why so many people are uh, what, snowbirds. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I get it. totally get it. Um, we're driving home though was a little different story you know we were tired we've been hiking and stuff and all of a sudden we get to i think we just got past phoenix i believe just and then all of a sudden we run into like a giant sandstorm i mean blackout just like middle of the day sun shining to like no visibility brian's turning his lights on i mean it was crazy Mm -hmm. down there yeah i mean just the desert it's just different place i mean it's not like too far away It's, it's straight south from us. I mean, a couple states, three... We cruised it quick. There and back. It didn't even feel that bad. Not at all. We took a... I think it was like a four-hour nap the first time and maybe a five-hour nap the second. I mean, it wasn't bad. No. Not at all. And we cruised and, you know, just did a stop it i think we stopped at my phone can probably prove it i bet we stopped at every single starbucks on the way oh, but i'm a starbucks whore yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we god made it. i love a fresh cup of coffee like that Yeah, but
0: then and I, a I gotta a pee coffee. i gotta pee every freaking 20 minutes yeah. after dan, that so it's dan, like, dan definitely has a it. smaller has bladder, than bladder than me bladder yeah the and, and he yeah. doesn't want to admit it a lot of times you know i'll ask him all hey, yeah when i start getting the feeling like i gotta pull off them all you gotta pee it's like so bad <laughs> <laughs> Have for the last four hours well i don't
1: want to be the guy that says Dude, I know we just got back on the road, but man, you got to find a place to pull yeah. over. Yeah, you, know? you
0: can be that guy a couple times, yeah, but, but after yeah. that, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna hold it. He'll <laughs> <laughs> have to stop eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My teeth are <laughs> floating. Yeah, exactly. It's, man, it's wicked. Yeah, um, but yeah, great, fun.
1: great trip. Like I said, uh, I'm definitely gonna do it again. I'm, I'm game. I'm ready to go. Yeah. My tag's still good. Might, might be sooner rather than later, but, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm ready to I'd go. I'd love
0: to jump back down there, yeah. I just, gosh, I spent so much time hunting. That was kind of my trip and my stint I had. Me but, too. Float um, up your truck, Kyle. We'll head on down. Yeah. <laughs> sure, Quick why not? Quick few-day trip. 230,000 miles on it. <laughs> oh, perfect. It'll get <laughs> us yep. there. Yeah. Um, it uh, sounds like she's got experience. <laughs> <laughs> she does. <laughs> Why does it look nicer than your truck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, That's a different Way to break word. it in. No, yeah. it was good.
0: The truck did really, really good. It did good really for good. Yeah, I was happy with it. Super yeah. good. Oh, and then I. I dropped the worst F-bomb on my Insta story. Oh. I, uh, so we did uh, live updates to the hunt, which really is pretty cool to do. You know, I've been filming hunts, but this time we just did it off our phone, and it's like live update. So you get to engage in the hunt, and then you just do little videos throughout the day, five, six videos of what's happening, the stock you're on, where the bucks are at. And I think it's cool to kind of include people in Cause the hunt. Because it's almost real time, basically.
1: Yep. I mean, it's, it's the same day. It's real time. I mean, within i mean an hour or so yeah i mean it's right there so so the people following it it's actually really exciting uh i got my girlfriend keels uh, I, t- I told her i was like hey you got to get on this eastman's deal and watch this hunt and she's like what are you talking about so i told her how what to do and get on there and she was able to follow the whole entire hunt where were down there and mm-hmm. she was sending me a text she's like this is so cool to watch so much fun and it, it was it is actually really cool it's a blast to do it and it's not that much work you got your phone on you anyways i mean it was that was fun that was mm-hmm. pretty cool mm-hmm. but yep. yeah that
0: uh I dropped the worst F-bomb and didn't even catch it. Brian's yeah. like, are
1: you, you going to listen to it? And I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. So I watch it. And all of a sudden, I, I look at him. I'm like, did I just hear what I just heard? I'm like, what the – I had to replay it, and Brian's eyes get all big. He's like, oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> first thing in the morning, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, it's just it's just fun, and you're just uh, – after you do a few of those videos, you're not even thinking about them anymore. You just say what comes to your mind, and that's a recording and send it off. And I – You know, I'd look over a lot of them, make sure the video was good, uh, make sure I didn't drop any F-bombs, whatever, and I'd send (laughs) them over, and they were putting them on the main Eastman's Hunting Journal Insta story, and so they disappear after 24 hours, and uh, this one, I just recorded it in the morning, and it made a good part of the story, and we were glassing, so I didn't even proof it or anything. I just sent it over and posted it, and so um, I posted it, and then Dan that night looks at it and goes, did you see what you just said? And so I, I look at... I I got my cup of coffee there, and I got my binos on a tripod, and I said, oh – Here's the setup for the morning. And then I show where we're glassing and show the hillside. And you're always on this 15-second window. So they are little 15-second clips. And so you're always stressed about making it inside the 15 seconds. So my idea for the shot, get my binos, get my coffee, say a few things, look at the country we're glassing, and then turn around into the most epic sunrise we've seen the whole trip. Yeah. It's just the sky is red and pink and flaring. And so, I, so that was what I was supposed to say. What I actually said <laughs> yeah. is I look and I go, oh, this this is a setup for the morning. This is where we're glassing. F an awesome sunrise. <laughs> you know right up there it gets yeah, posted just, on the site. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just so natural though cuz it
1: was oh. it was amazing. It was so so cool. I got some of the Another thing we did good. We took we took a lot of pictures and they turned out really Awesome real photos. Nice. You
0: see that one I posted today of yes, uh, the yes, ocotillo yes. with you? and yep. like, we didn't even think that one was going to turn out. Yeah. But that was a sick shot. That's a gorgeous picture. Yeah, it was yeah. so cool. I got to get you the pictures while I'm over here. Yeah, I like looking
1: at myself. So yeah, I mean it worked out <laughs> real nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it worked out it was cool it was like i said fun trip um yeah I, I don't have any really bad thing i know we didn't kill our coos but uh just so be it that's hunting i mean you're yep. not you're not guaranteed it It would be called killing yeah but we're just we're not we're not that way we
0: got the experience and we're just yep. that much closer to punching both those tags next year yep
1: so yeah, yeah i i learned a lot and like i said i, I i'm i'm ready now I, i'm good to go i think i, I hope till <laughs> <'Cause laughs> we get down there get my ass kicked again that's all right
0: coos hunter for life yep yeah pretty fun all right kyle you got to get in on the hunt it's pretty right, we'll fun do down best. there Well, right on. Um, Thanks a bunch, Dan. Gonna take a break, get a pizza in the oven, huh? And then uh, we'll think of another podcast here and get on and maybe do another hour with us three. Okay, no, that
1: sounds like a plan. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, Dan. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Um, Really fun episode with my friends, um, both Dan Hevron and Kyle Richards. Man, that's just what life's all about. Just a a great time there in the desert. That ten days, but that adventure bow hunting just takes you to to so many cool places, and you're just exploring out in nature and um, getting a getting away from everything. It's so nice. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed the trip. Really enjoyed the podcast with Dan, and um, it, it's fun to to share it with you guys and and uh, have some laughs along the way. So uh, sponsor for today's show: Six Hour. Uh, Again Sig Sauer they don't just build high quality pistols and rifles they also um, build quality optics. Uh, so I can't wait to get these optics in my hand, but uh, everything they do is high quality, and I'm sure these optics are going to be too. Uh, the one thing I do know about is their rangefinders, and they are absolutely next level um, for both the the rifle hunter and the bow hunter. Um, they they're just I mean another couple features they have so many features and so much they offer I, I couldn't remember it all in the first promo, but they they also have where they'll adjust like um, so you can see your your reticle during you know, high bright sunshine, and then you can also see it, you know, near dusk, um, so the display on it, it'll adapt to, to whatever the, the light is that you're getting in it, um, it just has so many quality features, uh, again, they do angles in them for the bow hunter, they have, um, they have really strong, powerful lasers that'll make sure they get those ranges through grass. And and also on stalks too, how nice is it to have this long range range finder where you can actually range where that deer is and range a cliff above them or a tree above them or a, a feature. And you can kind of tell how far that feature is if it's going to be in bow range. And so I use it a lot for that too. So um, really pumped to be using Six Hour Optics and uh, pumped that they're sponsoring the podcast here on Eastman's Elevated. Um, over there at the office, uh, again, just cranking out some really good podcasts. Um, those guys over there at the office are, are putting a ton of effort into, uh, the podcast, uh, which is really good. Uh, um, so, uh, just really excited at the direction of everything. And, and thanks to you guys for, for all the support. Um, I did talk the other night, um, for BHA. It was a little nerve wracking, but, uh, uh, had quite a few guys come up and tell me how much they like the podcast. And, um, just so humbling when, um, you quality hunters out there are listening to the information and enjoying it. So, um, just, uh, really enjoying things here. I'm getting busy. Construction's getting busy. And, um, God, I missed the last two days of running. Um, I did good last week. Uh, I ran, uh, five days last week. And then now I've missed, um, Sunday and Monday. And, and really, no excuse for missing Sundays. It's my day off. But um, we had a kid's archery and huge snowstorm. And so we were traveling all day and, and uh, just didn't get a chance. But gosh, I just got to I got to make time. It's that discipline that's going to make the difference. And I want to come into this season. Uh, in the best shape I've ever been in, shooting the the best I've ever shot, and uh, just have everything dialed in. I got some some big goals and ambitions, and just can't wait to get on some of these adventure hunts. Um, applying for for tags here and doing all my research there, just breakdowns and backup units and second choice. um, just trying to get everything dialed in and end up with some good tags and already got some good hunts coming together. I'm going to do Alaska again for caribou up with my buddy chase. So really excited for that one. Uh, I got just got my Hawaii tickets the other night. uh, So going to go back and visit my buddies for, from Hawaii. Uh, We got some really cool things in the works this year with some spear diving and um, Got some cool things in the works. Uh, We're talking about uh, going over and hunting mouflon sheep. Um, so I've never done that. That'll be pretty cool. Um, I've never even seen a mouflon. So uh, pretty fun. And then we're going to gonna mix in some axis deer hunting and, and uh, pigs and goats, which was just so much fun last year. And then I guess we're also going to get the fishing spot out there. So we're going to be hunting all day and then fishing all night. We'll be staying up late and we're going to be fishing for these GTs off these uh, giant rods off these rock points that go out. Staying up late with my buddies, but uh, just made some such good, good friends with those guys out there. I just appreciate their, their friendship so much. And, um, we're also planning some hunts back here in the States for those guys to come back, but, uh, just a great group of guys that would do anything for their buddies. And so, uh, I'm just proud to say I'm, I'm one of their good friends and, um, yeah, just can't wait to get over there. So that's going to be a blast. So, uh, good things in the works bear season coming up here. So, um, yeah, just got to keep juggling things. Just, um, juggling work here and um, you know the podcast and outdoor stuff um, which you know it's it's going pretty good um, I just need more time in the day <laughs> isn't that all our problems though I mean that's the way it is when you're working class is that um, you just you keep yourself busy all the time and and busy with your work busy with your, your passions and your hobbies and then busy with your family uh, trying to create quality experiences with them as well so um, just trying to balance everything a little worn out but I've had the last two days off from running. So, uh, I better get out and get a run in. Um, I haven't been, I've been putting together this podcast, so it's probably about six o'clock now. So might even be a dark headlamp podcast, but that's, or gosh, I can't even speak now. I've lost my mind, but it might be a, a dark headlamp run and I'll finish this podcast. How's that? Uh, so I can't even get my words right anymore, you guys, but, uh, thanks. Thanks for all the support. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I'll check in with you guys next week.